Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church, and just again wanted to welcome you here this morning uh, as we kick off our Easter season. And I'm so excited this morning to be able to do that on Palm Sunday. Um, the theme for our Easter season, I'm just going to tee this up, is the day that changed the world. The day that changed the world. And of course, we know that that day takes place uh, next Sunday is the day that you know Jesus rose from the grave. And we're going to be focusing on that next week. This week, of course, we're focused on Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. But when we think about that theme of the day that changed the world, I think it's something that we can all relate to. I was thinking about um, this in kind of, I guess, a negative sense. Um, you know, I was remembering last year. And I remember, um, you know, March 6th or 7th, I think it was, we were at a worship conference with like over 2,000 people. And we're crammed into this building in Vancouver, and we are worshiping our guts out. And I remember being in these small rooms for the breakout sessions. And, and do you remember what it felt like to be in groups like that without a mask? And, you know, it wouldn't be a week later that Tanya and I were sitting at our kitchen table. And I remember looking at her and saying, babe, I, I think this COVID thing is a lot bigger than we think it might be. And then sure enough... Uh, you know, it would be that Sunday that would be, uh, I think, the last Sunday, either that we gathered or that we actually shut everything down. And I remember the government making a, a declaration of a provincial state of emergency on, on March the 18th. And that was a day that changed our world. But there's also been a lot of days that have changed my world. I remember the day that my wife said, I do to me, and we got married. I remember the day that my kids were born, you know, Josiah and Ashlyn and Aubrey. And those are days that changed the world for me. There's also days where I encountered the presence of God in a unique way. And those are days that changed the world for me. I remember the day, actually, that we came to Life Church for the first time. Uh, and it was official. We were coming over to the church. And man, that was a day that changed the world for us. It was a day that changed the world. Well, next week, of course, we're going to be celebrating the greatest day in history, arguably the greatest day that has ever existed, a day that changed the course of history. And we're going to tee that up. We're really looking forward to getting to that next week. But today, we're going to deal with the event, some of the events that led up to that day. And today, we're going to talk about Palm Sunday. And so how we're going to do this, we're going to read it from John's account in the book of John. Um, again, Palm Sunday is the day that Jesus made a triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And it's actually written of in all four of the Gospels. Um, but today, we're going to focus mainly on John's account as our text. So if you have your Bibles, so how we're going to do this. We're going to read it from the John chapter 12. Uh, and we're going to read it starting in verse 12. I'm going to read it in the New King James Version, and then we're going to take some time to pray. And then I've just got a few thoughts for you today about what the, 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 the triumphant entry, what Palm Sunday teaches us about Jesus and how that influences our relationship with him and how we can view ourselves in light of that. Okay, so um, John chapter 12, if you have your Bibles, you want to turn there with me this morning. John chapter 12, verse 12 says, the next day, a great multitude had come to the feast. And when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it was written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. 
Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. And for this reason, the people also met him because they had heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees, therefore, said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that your word is living and active, that it is sharper than a two-edged sword. Father, we pray this morning that your word would accomplish what it set out to do. It would not return void, Lord God. We thank you this morning, Lord God. We pray we open up our hearts to your word this morning, Lord God, and we pray that you would do a deep work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, What's happening here? Okay, so Jesus is making his entry into the capital city, into Jerusalem, the place of the temple. And the people, word starts to get around that Jesus is coming and there's this buzz that is building. And the Bible tells us that part of the reason for that is because about a week or two earlier, Jesus had just done a massive miracle. He had prayed for a young man named Lazarus who had died. And he had come to the tomb and he had called Lazarus out. He had said, he says, come forth. I am the resurrection and the life. And, 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 and Lazarus rose up from the dead and came out. And so people had witnessed this. This word had gotten around. And, and people had heard that this Jesus who had just raised somebody from the dead was coming to Jerusalem. And who's this guy? And they'd say, well, this is Jesus, the man that raised Lazarus from the dead. And so there was this mob that began to form. And it was almost like a flash mob. It was just like, you know, people just started to come out of their houses and, and it grew in momentum. And as this happened, Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem. What? On a, on a you know, a great big war horse? No, no, no. He comes in on a donkey. And the Bible tells us that as he comes down into Jerusalem, you can picture this, the people start grabbing palm branches and laying their coats on the ground before him as he rides into Jerusalem. And they start to worship him. And the words that they use are Hosanna. And it says here, they said, Hosanna. And it says, they said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And of course, the word gets around so much. There's such a buzz around this that the Pharisees find out what's going on. And they come up to him and there's different accounts of this. But they basically say, look at this. Oh, my goodness, we are hooped. They didn't like Jesus very much. And they said, oh, man, the whole world has gone after him. Well, as we look at this story, this is what I want to do this morning, church, is I want to look at three actions of Jesus and what they tell us about his character as well as our relationship with him. Three aspects and three actions of Jesus on Palm Sunday. Okay, here we go. Number one, Jesus chose humility. The Bible tells us that Jesus chose to ride a donkey. Now, it was not uncommon in those days for kings to ride in victorious into their cities on a majestic war horse. And you can picture this, right? You can picture the king coming home from some, you know, uh, some, you know, far off battle and, and coming home with all of his, his, his loot that he had taken in the battle and, 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 and showing off, you know, to all the people and the people gathering together to, to, to honor the king as he comes home on this majestic war horse. And of course, that picture of a war horse, you can picture a big horse, you know, that you wouldn't want to get in front of that thing. You wouldn't want to be underneath its hooves when it's coming through. You might, you know, dare to reach 
out your hand and touch the king's foot, but you wouldn't come any closer to the king than that. And they would honor the king that way. But what Jesus chose to do is Jesus chose to ride a donkey. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, we're told, uh, Matthew 21, verse 7, in the New Living Translation says, they brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their, their garments over the coat, colt and he sat on it. So we're told that not only did Jesus choose a donkey, but he chose the colt of a donkey. And it says that they brought both to him. And obviously the, the donkey was probably the mother of the colt so that the, the colt would go along with them as they went through uh, on their parade through Jerusalem. So Jesus chose not just a donkey, he chose the little donkey. What does this tell us about Jesus' character? Think about what that does. Think about what that image is. Here's Jesus. Instead of picking the highest horse he could, he picked the lowest animal that he could. And he got down on that donkey. Well, now, first of all, that is a, 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 a fulfillment of prophecy. Okay, we know that because it mentions it here in the book of John. Riding in on a donkey. But second of all, this is what it does. It shows that he lowered himself to the people's level. You see, at that level, there was no protection from the people. If they wanted to come up and touch him on his arm, they could do that. If a little child wanted to come and touch him, they could do that. Anybody could come to Jesus and could approach him. It talks about his humility. He put himself on the level with the people. And what does that tell us about our Savior? Church, it tells us that our Savior is kind. Our Savior is approachable. In Philippians 2 verse 7, it says, Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. In Isaiah 54 verse 10, we're told, For the mountains shall depart and the hills shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Ephesians 2 verse 4, For, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Church, the fact that he chose to ride in to Jerusalem on a colt shows us that he not only brought himself down to our level, but he elevated the people around to his level. This is such a great picture, and this is what God does for you. Man, right now, you might feel like you are lower than low, and you might feel like you're just, man, maybe you've messed up. Maybe you've done some some sin in your life. you got some sin in your life that you feel is keeping you from God, and right now, you are feeling the weight of that guilt and condemnation. I want you to remember that we serve a God who came into Jerusalem on a donkey. We serve a God who put himself at our level. We serve a God who brought himself low. And became a servant, came in the form of a servant so that he could raise us up into new levels in him. The Bible says that he became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to come in the form of a servant. He came lowly. He came to a, 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 a manger so that he could show us the picture that he was there to raise us up with him. 
And the Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. In Romans chapter 2, verse 4, in the, in the ESV version, it says, Or do you presume of the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Church number one, Jesus came in humility, and it shows us that our Savior is kind and approachable. Doesn't matter what you've done, you can come to Jesus today. Doesn't matter what your background looks like, you can come to Jesus today. Doesn't matter how you're feeling right now, you can come to Jesus today. No matter who you are, no matter where you're watching this from, you can come to Jesus today. That's number one. Number two, Jesus came into chaos. He came into chaos. Now listen, when I was a kid, I remember we used to have parades. Um, I grew up in Chilliwack and I remember we had this day. I don't know if they still do it. It was called, I think it was country living days. And, and it was all about celebrating everything country. Our church would actually dress up on country living days. I remember, and I used to always beg my parents to let me wear a, a fake six shooter in the church. And of course they never said yes. Um, because obvious for obvious reasons, but I didn't realize that when I was a kid, but I remember we would dress up and I remember they would have a parade in downtown Chilliwack. And we would get up early. My parents would drag us out of bed. They'd put us in the car. They'd drive us, you know, downtown. We would park and then we would make our way up to the parade grounds and they would have it all kind of, you know, roped off and situated off. And you knew that you had to stay on the side of the road and there would be police officers that come along and push people back. And it was all very orderly and everything was good. And then, and then the floats would come by and the horses would come by and there'd be clowns that'd be throwing candy and giving out balloons. And man, it was awesome, but it was orderly. Church, what happened in Jerusalem on that day, on the day of his triumphant entry, was not orderly. The Bible says that it was like a, 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 a crowd. Uh, in Matthew's gospel, it says this, that the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered and saying, who is this? And the crowd replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. In John's account, uh, we even read it earlier. It talks about how um, uh, that there was people all over the place and so much. So there was this uproar that the, the Pharisees said, oh, man, the whole world has gone after him. It was like um, it was like a flash mob. It wasn't like a parade. It was like a flash mob where where just, you know, people just came and it was just it just happened. And at that time, there was people that were filling the city for the Passover and all these people, it says, came together. Uh, it says this in John 12, 12, it says the next day, a great multitude who had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of a palm trees and went out to meet him. Man, there was just people everywhere. It was chaos. There was no order to it. Um, it was it was it was mad out there. They made a spectacle of him. And Jesus chose to come into the spectacle. Jesus chose to go right in to the middle of the chaos. Jesus chose to come right into the middle of that. And you know what that tells us about our Savior? It tells us that our Savior is not intimidated by dysfunction. Listen, I feel like this is a word for somebody right now. Your life is in chaos. You're feeling like things are out of control and you don't know what to do. And I want to remind you that Jesus chose to come into the chaos. That Jesus went right into the middle of it. He wasn't intimidated by it. It didn't turn him off. He could have snuck into the city had he wanted to. He could have you know, worked his way in that way. But he chose instead to go right into the middle of it. 
And I want to tell you right now that Jesus will come right into the middle of whatever you're facing today. Whatever that chaos is that you're facing, whatever that dysfunction is that you're facing, we serve a savior who will come into the midst of it. He is kind and he is not intimidated by your chaos. Come on, God's got this. I just want you to remember that he's not intimidated by it. He comes into the middle of it. Number two, Jesus came to chaos. And here's the last one today. And we'll close with this. Number three, Jesus allowed himself to be worshipped. You know, in the book of, of Luke, it tells us that in, in Luke's gospel, it says, but some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying these things like that. And Jesus replied, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. So what happened? Jesus allowed himself to be worshipped. Why? Because we were designed for that purpose. Remember, they made a spectacle of him. And, and, and this is what they said. They said this. They said, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And when you look at that word Hosanna, I was talking to my wife about this the other day. And I asked her, what, what do you think that Hosanna means? And I, I think she said something along the lines of, you know, we were talking about this and we were going back and forth. And doesn't it mean like praise and doesn't it mean that? You know what Hosanna actually means? Hosanna means save now. Save now. We sang that word earlier. Save now. And you might think, well, that's kind of a, a funny thing to say. But let's just remember the context here for a moment. These people who are gathering are coming because they've heard that there's a, a man that's coming that just raised somebody from the dead. They're gathering together in a flash mob and they're pulling out palm branches, which, which signify royalty and celebration. And they're putting their cloaks down in front of the, the, the donkey as it's going by. It says in, in one of the other um, uh, um, versions of this, of this story, one of the other gospels. And, and, and they're doing this as a sign of deference to him, calling him the king and saying, save now. What, what, what does that signify to us? It's a sign of honor that the man that is coming through has the power to save. So why is it important that Jesus allowed himself to be worshipped? Why was it so important so much so that he said, if these people don't say it, the rocks will cry out. Because the earth declares the glory of God. In, in um, Psalm chapter 96 verse 11 says, Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout out its praise. Let the field and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the field rustle with praise. Why? Because our God can and will save. Come on, when you praise the Lord, when you glorify him, when you worship him, what you are doing is you are reminding yourself that our God can save. You're declaring it to the world around you. You're declaring it to yourself and you are telling yourself, listen, my God can save. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Our God is worthy of praise. When you cry out Hosanna, it reminds you that God is able to. To save. Come on, maybe this morning you have a circumstance in your life, man. Maybe you're in chaos right now and you need to be reminded that God comes into the midst of that chaos. But maybe this morning you just need to declare by faith, Hosanna. If we were in a group right now, I would, I would encourage us all to stand up and begin to shout out Hosanna this morning.
Maybe you just need to buy faith in your home right now. Just out loud, say the word, Hosanna, Hosanna. And this is what it means. Save now. And what does that mean? You know, is it a cry for prayer? No, it's a reminder that our God is the God who saves. That our God is the God who saves. Listen, it might, you might not feel it right now. It might not look the way that you think it would look right now. As Jesus comes in on a donkey, that's not what people expected. They expected a war horse, but it might not look the way that you think it's going to look right now. But in about a week from now, there's going to be a day that's going to change the world. There's going to be a day that's going to change the world. And a lot of people even missed that day because they weren't aware of what it was supposed to look like. Our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who saves. Hosanna. Listen, in a few moments, Pastor Mike's going to come back on here. But before we do that, I just want to remind you that what we've learned today, that we, we were reminded of the fact that our Savior is kind and approachable. That our Savior is not intimidated by dysfunction and chaos, but he comes right into the middle of it. And finally, I want to remind you this morning that he is worthy of praise. That our God is able to save you. And in a few moments, Pastor Mike's going to come on. He's going to give you an opportunity to respond. Maybe some of you for the first time to meet Jesus for yourself, wherever you are. And I just want to remind you again, he is kind. He's not intimidated by chaos. And he is able to save. Amen.